This is insane. Mortgage rates near 8% as demand drops to lowest level in almost three decades. Do you realize how crazy an 8% mortgage rate actually is? <laughs> like, If you're trying to buy a house right now, don't, <laughs> right? Like, don't buy a house right now unless you could buy it in cash, basically, or somehow get, like, a rate far cheaper than the 8%. Like, the only way paying an 8% mortgage rate would make sense is if the price of the home got, like, cut drastically. Like, I mean, like, the price of the home that you were looking at was, like, $100,000 higher than it is now. Well, like, like, like last year, right? So, like, let's say that you were looking at a home that cost like three fifty a year ago at like the super low interest rate, but now that home is selling for like two fifty. So instead of three fifty, it's like two fifty. Maybe at that point, it might be worth potentially doing the eight percent and then refinancing a few years down the line. But really, it kind of only makes sense to buy a home right now if you could pay for it in cash or build a home that you just cash flow. Like, this is crazy. 8%. That is almost the S&P 500, which is just insane to me. So mortgage demand plummeted to a 28-year low as the average long-term rate creeped up toward 8%. Which, crazy enough, I've started to see things of about like 40-year mortgages to try to make it cheaper for people, which is crazy. According to leading real industry group Mortgage Bankers Association, the average rate on the benchmark 30-year home loan climbed to 7.53% this week, the highest rate since 2000. A separate report on bank rate showed that Thursday's average on a 30-year fixed mortgage rate was even higher, 7.88%. The rate was 6.75% at this time last year. Okay, so I guess like two or three years ago, the mortgage rates were like 2%, roughly speaking, 2, 2.5%. And mortgages below 3% were offered at the start of 2021. Okay, yeah, so about two years. The mortgage rate hasn't hit 8% since 1995. That's so crazy. Mortgage applications and applications to refinance a home have stalled dramatically, falling 6% and 7% for the week, respectively, according to MBA. The purchase market slowed to the lowest level of activity since 1995, as the rapid rise in rates push an increasing number of potential home buyers out of the market, MBA's deputy chief economist Joel Kahn told the Post. Yeah, like so. For example, if I was sitting on like a huge amount of cash, I'd probably be like looking for like properties that are like in really nice locations, and just be waiting, waiting for those like properties to potentially like dip in price. To where you could just like snag it for cash outright and then just hold it pretty much 
like you could run it out, but like hold it because like five, ten years down the line, that thing would probably skyrocket in price, in my opinion, right? Because lo- location is basically everything, but cash is like king right now. The higher rates add hundreds of dollars a month in costs for borrowers, limiting how much they can afford in a market already unaffordable to many Americans. By the way, you got to keep in mind, the mortgage rate is increasing to this extent. Car rates are also increasing to a high extent too. Like, it's not uncommon to see like 10%, 16% car rates nowadays, which is dumb. They also discourage homeowners who locked in low rates two years ago from selling. I agree. Like, there's pretty much almost like no point to sell your home right now if you have like a 2.5% mortgage rate unless you were selling that home to buy another home in cash where you would have no mortgage on the home. It is a completely paid off home, potentially getting more for your dollar. Right, in a way. In response, Ken noted that applications for adjustable rate mortgages increased, making up 8% of purchase applications up from 6.7% a month ago when interest rates sat around 7%. Now, the kind of weird thing about like the whole like interest rate thing is that like when interest rates increase, typically house prices kind of dip, right? Because, obviously, people can't really afford the same price home. So, like, for example, let's say, like, at 2.5%, a home was being sold for, like, 350 right? But now, at, like, an 8% mortgage, that same home, the market value might only really be, like, 250 right? Because of that interest rate. Or maybe, like, 300 but either way, like it, like it has like a really weird relationship with interest rate and um, the actual price of the home. Because again, like you got to think of it like this: say that you have a home right now that you want to sell, right? How many people would actually be able to buy your home with a mortgage at eight percent? Like, who would be really willing to do that compared to someone potentially buying a home at 2.5%? There'll be a lot of demand at the 2.5%, 3% rate versus an 8%. Like, you'd have, who knows, like maybe like 30 bidders at like 2.5%, but maybe only like one or two or none at the 8% because people have less access to money. So it's just something to like, kind of like think about it. Like, you might not even be able to sell your home right now because people just don't got the money. And if you were to sell your home, it might have to be at like a steep loss. Which do you really want to do that? Probably not. Arms typically offer lower interest rates, though they're fixed for shorter periods of time. Mortgage rates have been rising along with the 10-year Treasury yield, which was which has historically been considered a key benchmark for mortgage rates. Thus, as mortgage rates near 8%, the 10- and 30-year Treasury yields have also reached new heights, 
hitting 4.8% and 4.925% respectively on Tuesday, both the highest since 2007. Which, by the way, you know what's crazy? Like, there's so many apps like Robinhood or uh, even banks where you are making close to like 5% on the cash that's just in there, <laughs> which is crazy too. The advances could keep upward pressure on inflation, giving the Federal Reserve reason to keep interest rates higher for longer. But also, that also means people are going to be, like, more people are going to be losing their jobs too. In August, U.S. inflation rose 3.7% from 2022, though it's still above the Fed's 2% goal. It's a stark difference from June 2022's four-decade peak at 9.1%. Inflation's substantial cooldown in recent months has forced many home sellers to slash their asking prices to lure in potential buyers. And those who don't slash their asking price risk selling at a loss. Last month, a report by real estate brokerage Redfin revealed that home sellers in America's major cities are already doing this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly like I was like thinking. Like the only way you would basically be able to sell your home now is basically at a loss. San Francisco sellers had it worst. Redfin's report showed as they are a whopping four times more likely than the average U.S. home seller to take a loss. Detroit is home to the second highest share of homeowners who take a loss in their home selling transactions at 6.9%, followed by Chicago and New York, where 6.5% and 5.9% of homeowners take a loss in selling their homes, respectively. Though the share of New York homeowners who reported a loss was half that in San Francisco, the cities were tied for the largest median loss in dollars at $100,000. Redfin found in a separate analysis. Can you imagine losing $100,000? I would hate to lose $100,000. I wouldn't want to lose $100,000. Jesus Christ. Let's see. This person says, still historically low mortgage rates. The difference is that decades of keeping the rate near 0% led buyers to purchase vastly overvalued houses year after year. If the value of your house keeps going up and you're paying nothing to borrow the money, why not pay 800k for a house that's really only worth 400k? Answer, every bubble burst saw this in 2008. We didn't learn a thing. Nice point. This person says, I am in real estate. And totally agree with you. Due to low interest rates, people were overpaying when buying homes. The high prices are not sustainable. I mean, like people would like put in like an like a bid for like 50k over asking. So imagine you were like like three years ago, two years ago, someone was like selling a home again. I'm gonna use like this example for like 250. That was the list price. People would bid 50k plus. So they would bid 300k all cash for that home. Like, (laughs) what the hell? This person says, good luck selling your home today. The only reason residential housing prices haven't dropped is because people are holding off and not listing the homes for sale. The true market price has collapsed if those prices were listed. Like, again, like for me, 
I am saving up a bunch of cash, me personally, and I would love it if people were to sell their homes at like pennies on the dollar. And the reason for that is that real estate is one of the few places that you could put your money in where it could drastically appreciate to absurd levels, right? If you buy the right home, you could have your net worth go from like 100000 to 300000 to 500000 by just owning that piece of property for a few years, right? Like I've seen a property that sold for, well, like someone bought it for like $110,000 or 150, something along those lines. And then 10 years later, sold that property for over a million dollars. Do you realize how crazy that actually is? Now it's because like there's like massive amounts of like development around in the area that had like property had like a good amount of land, all that kind of stuff, good location, but they kind of got lucky that there's so much like development around there for upper class homes, like high priced homes, where like the average price of those homes were in the millions, and this person just like had like a lucky buy ten years prior, right? But that person's like net worth, I don't know what their net worth was, but is practically like a million dollars more because of that. Like again, it's one of those few things where like you can buy something and it just dramatically increases your net worth. Not to mention it could be like tax write offs, not to mention hey, it's like your home base, like that's kinda of like a nice idea too. But it's just interesting. Let's see. So imagine trying to buy a place and your payments are an additional $1,500 a month just in interest first last year. The rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. Agreed. This person put crying, laughing emoji, raise interest rates to make things more expensive, to stop things from being expensive, poop emoji, poop emoji. What a financial disaster that awaits on the horizon. Millions of homeowners at renewal time are going to find themselves on the street. All those waiting to buy or sell or retire, welcome to Bidenville, nothing built, nothing back, nothing better. Just lies, more lies, weaponization and corruption, FJB. Let's see. Yeah, interesting. Feel free, feel free to give your thoughts about the situation, but in my opinion, you probably shouldn't be looking to buy a home unless you got the cash to potentially buy a home on the cheap. And the thing is, you never know, right? You might be able to buy a home for depressingly cheap, or like you almost feel bad about buying the home for so cheap. Just because people might be in a very dire situation. But that could literally be where you could end up having 
a huge bump in your net worth over the next five years or ten years, you know? It's just something to keep in mind. Like, what people need to understand, like, the the main ways to increase your net worth, like, increase your wealth, is real estate and stocks, right? Just keeping your money in cash won't necessarily make you rich or have, like, generational wealth or so much money that you could pretty much just live off of the assets that you own, right? Because I think it's kind of like this thing, it's like this saying, it's like, wealthy people, wealthy people own assets, poor people buy basically like products, right? Or liabilities, I should say, right? Like, for example, a lot of poor people buy cars that they can't afford that go down in value. And they don't really own any asset. They don't own a home. They don't own stock. They don't own basically anything. They're just renters. They lease cars or they buy cars that go down in value. Wealthy individuals will own real estate that will appreciate in value. They will own stock that will appreciate in value. And both of those can also be turned into something that produces income, but also if they are like in need of a situation, they could also take loans from those assets to use as income to make more money. Now, I don't recommend that, but when you own assets, it gives you far more options available to you when it comes to like money, when it comes to personal finance. But if you're someone who's like a renter and you own a car that you bought for 50k on debt that you could not afford and the value of that car goes from 50k down to 25 but you still owe the 50k you're kind of screwed financially speaking like compound interest is basically working against you whereas with these wealthy individuals compound interest is working in their favor so it's just something to keep in mind like you really want to try to get your hands on as like as much assets as possible, as much stock as possible, like index funds, personally I like the S&P 500, as much as real estate as possible, if you're comfortable with that, because some people are not comfortable with real estate. So the more assets you have, the more of a likelihood that you will have a higher net worth 10, 20, 30 years down the line than other people. 